I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. <laughs> Something, something, Bronco. With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. You were listening to Something, Something, Broncos. Tim Lynch, Lori Lattimore-Volkman join me. I'm Jess Place. Today, Something Something Broncos is brought to you by Baker Mayfield memes. Because, holy crap, there were some amazing ones. <laughs> <laughs> was the South Park so, one your favorite? I didn't see the South Park one. Which one was the South Park oh. one? They did they, like a South a... Park character that looked exactly like him with the overcoat and the oh my gosh i gotta see that i like the uh the colombo and then even macaulay culkin got in on it because they're like what why does baker mayfield feel like he's gonna look like he's gonna go break into macaulay culkin's house and so uh i guess macaulay culkin uh of home alone fame went out to his garage and grabbed a uh paint can and said i'm ready for you baker (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that was kind of like next level like you know good on macaulay like yeah. God damn it! He is he has had a rough life after that those movies, and um, uh, and he's doing okay. He's getting over on Baker Mayfield. Good for you, bud. All right, we can also talk Broncos now. <laughs> All right, but it's the bye week. I mean, we're supposed to have fun with it, right? I mean, Broncos are coming off a a big win, kind of kind of a surprising win, I would say, against the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, 
it was a lot of fun to watch. Like it was, it was like the the with the exception of like the shutout game against the Titans, it was it was probably the most fun game of the year because it was like we were clicking on all cylinders, which was nice, nice to see. It's like it came together for a moment. And I would say it was even more fun than the Tennessee game, just because the offense was having success. Functional. <laughs> yeah. I would like to note that. I was one of the only people to predict a Broncos win. So it wasn't a complete surprise to me. Just putting that out there. Yeah, but you've predicted they win every game. Yeah, but I one. was right. <laughs> but this time. I would like to go on record and say that the Broncos are going to win every game 10-9 to 9 for the rest of the year. <laughs> What can we take away? Like I wrote the Monday morning article and I said that the Broncos must not extinguish the spark. And so, so what were the sparks that, that we would like to see uh, nurtured and, and, and fed little sticks and, and, and stuff to keep it going? For me, unfortunately, I don't think what the offense did on Sunday is sustainable. They lived off the big play. I think they had the fewest offensive plays to still win a game since they beat the Raiders in like 1986. So, you know, I don't think they can live off completing that miraculous pass to Cortland Sutton in the end zone or some of the other big plays that, that happened They're They're going to have to find efficiency and efficiency comes from actually completing chunk plays like 11 yards, 12 yards, not, 35 yards, 75 yards, 40 yards. It's not sustainable. And with Brandon Allen, he made some... I felt like he was poised, but we'll have to see how defenses, good defenses, adjust to him. I'm worried that they're, they're going to come out against the Vikings next... Not next week, but the week after. And it's going to be a little tough for the offense. Fortunately, they got a good defense. The Broncos do. So, hope you know, hopefully they can keep the spark going in terms of wins. But I'm a little worried the, about the long-term prospects for Brandon Allen, at quarterback. I don't think we need to be getting too hyped up that Brendan Allen is the next franchise QB for the Broncos, but it was really nice to see that Scandarella was able to open up the playbook a little bit with a mobile QB. They could do a little more, plan for a little more, and Allen was just able to extend plays, which is something obviously Joe Flacco was unable to do. So it was really nice to see the offense move down the field, and even though we had those big plays, we still were able to move the ball and get a lot of people involved. Obviously, Philip Lindsay got involved. Royce Freeman wasn't too successful, but we still were able to use him. And then we had Noah Fant in there. He had several plays, including a huge one. Obviously, Cortland Sutton. So it was just so refreshing to see an offense that could get a first down and could score touchdowns instead of field goals. I think Brandon Allen is going to provide us with three or four weeks of interesting football before the defenses figure them out. It'll be fun to watch, but then they're going to be like, oh, you, you really haven't played in the league very much, and they're going to they're gonna confuse him. He's going to go Sam Darnold and see ghosts out there. I don't know if that's the struggling is going to be as bad as we struggled with Joe Flacco. I mean, up until that last game, I thought Joe Flacco was doing a serviceable job better than like the, the cadre of uh, quarterbacks we had uh, in the years prior, uh, not much better, but certainly, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just talking out my butt, but I, th I think, I think we were better off with, with Joe Flacco and I think we'll be as good, well off with 
Brandon Allen. Flacco had six touchdown passes in eight games, and Brandon Allen had two and one. (laughs) Yeah, well. I agree with you, Jess. Flacco was serviceable. He actually went, it was, you know, the last two games, he was getting worse at holding onto the ball and not getting rid of it on third down. It was so frustrating. Brandon Allen came in, and he would actually run with the ball if he had to and could get away and even got a first down. I'll say this. Uh, Allen has a, a much better sense of pressure and like where it's coming from. Like he was able to roll out and kind of step up when he needed to kind of scramble around squirt free. It was fun to see. Like I said, I don't think that defenses have figured him out yet and I'm certain they will. So this may change, but at least in the short term, it's kind of nice. He definitely looked like the better quarterback out of him or Flacco. Flacco, his decision-making was frustrating because he would always be looking for the nice, safe, short throw. Brandon Allen, and he's pushing the ball down the field. You know, that's going to be feast or famine, and there's probably going to be some interceptions in there somewhere. (laughs) But I I just like seeing that more than, oh, look, another negative two-yard dump off to Philip Lindsay. All right. And when you have a receiver like Cortland Sutton, you have to throw that sometimes. Throw the 50-50 ball because that's that's what those kind of receivers are for. Well, and Noah Fant, that's what he's for too. I mean, the offense is kind of built around that sort of thing and, and we certainly haven't seen much of it yet. And, and Allen was doing that. It wasn't just the 50-50 balls. He was, he was throwing it past the sticks to Fant. He was throwing it past the sticks to Sutton. It wasn't necessarily deep. He was attacking the defense. I, I kind of want to see that. And we did see some play calls where there were little bubble screens and screen passes, and those all got blown up because every defense prepares for the little bubble screens because that's what we've been doing all year. They need to focus on getting the ball down the field because defenses are not expecting that right now. Well, they weren't able to stack the box for the first time in like three years. So that's that's nice. <laughs> if we can keep the confusion going, then then good things will happen. And let's not let's not forget about the defense. The defense did a did a very, very good job. It was five red zone opportunities and they gave up one touchdown and they even had a turnover down there. So I mean that game could have been out of hand because we have had we had bad Colby Wadman needs to go. <laughs> he set yeah. that that offense, the Cleveland Browns up at like Beyond their own 40, yeah. At beyond the Browns' 45-yard line, I think twice, maybe even three times. They they had the short field. They stopped them. I mean, they held them to how many field goals was it? Five? Four. Four. Four field goals and a turnover on downs and then a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for a 35-point game right there against a team like the Chiefs or something. So they definitely got to figure that one out. <laughs> that red zone defense is so awesome, and we're just wasting it because... They got no freaking offense. It's good right now, but they're they're even still kind of figuring it out. We keep all those pieces basically next year. Chris Harris Jr. might be a question mark, but it will be amazing. And if we can just get our offense figured out. It's typical Vic Fangio. He's building toward a very dominant defense. I would love for him to just say, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to figure out this offense, so let me make sure I get all my defensive guys back. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to. You would think. I bet he doesn't try to re-sign Chris Harris because Chris Harris Jr. is actually showing the signs of not being the most dominant cornerback. Champ Bailey showed the same signs and Elway extended him. I don't think where Chris Harris is now is, is where Champ Bailey was then. I think I think we've got a little more time before we we get there. But Champ also had um, the Liz Franck injury, right? I mean, that kind of... Yeah. The what? Slowed, the... <laughs> 
Loose Frank. Loose Frank. Shut the fuck up, Jack. <laughs> well, you know, wait, wait. Oh, wait, hold on. In, in the immortal words of uh, Jermaine Whitehead, <laughs> I'm going to kill you, bitch. That's all blood. <laughs> what was that guy on? Yeah, so, so let's talk about that real quick. So so the starting safety of the Cleveland Browns, moments after the game, within 15 minutes, like uh, had probably still had his uniform on, had, had grabbed his phone and was ready to lay waste to any internet trolls that came at him. And at him, they did come. He gave out the address of the practice facility for someone who wanted to come fight him. Um, I don't, I'm not really sure what it means. Come get it in blood, bitch, made ass, lil boy, L I L <laughs> saved a couple letters there. The, the T's are expensive. Um, I'm out here with a broke hand. Don't get smoked. F ass cracker. So, uh, I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty uh, ominous. <laughs> um, that guy. His account was suspended before he even got out of the locker room, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, I'm sure everyone who followed him was like, ah, I'm going to report this. This is good. So he was cut the, the very next morning. So let that be a lesson to you, uh, NFL hopefuls. Do not threaten to shoot fans or uh, that might affect your career. All right, so it's the bye week, guys. It's uh, it's not about what team we're going to play next. That's That'll be next week. We can all predict uh, the Vikings game then. Um <laughs> But for now, let's let's kind of like take stock of where we are. Who's been the biggest surprise? Who's your your new odds-on favorite now that Emmanuel Sanders is gone, Lori? <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of surprises, especially on defense. I think probably my first answer would be Alexander Johnson. Game after game, you see him on so many big tackles. He is flying around the field. He's on the guy immediately, and it feels like we actually have an Al Wilson-like middle linebacker, and it's it's pretty cool. So I think he's probably the biggest surprise. I'm I'm in agreement. I actually picked him as my defensive MVP in Joe Roll's post earlier this week, and yeah, he's just an amazing difference between him and Josie Jewell. Yeah, once they inserted him in the lineup, it was like. Him paired with Mike Purcell, it, it the run defense got corrected like immediately. And that just shows that gap discipline and instincts really do matter at that position. And Alexander Johnson has both of them. And I just, I love the guy. He seems like he just loves the game of football and has so much passion. I just, it's so awesome. I'm so glad he's a Bronco. And I'm glad that they picked him up and, you know, were patient with him and got him back up to speed after he's out of football for so many years. And it's just, it's like paying dividends. I just, I love it. It's been great. Well, and success will feed success with him, I think. I think he's just going to get better. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For me, I'm going to go ahead and say mea culpa. I may have been a little too harsh. I was listening to last week's podcast and I was a little too rough on our friend Noah Fant. Yes, he's had a few drops. And yes, he did cut his feet cutting off tape, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but his game his game on Sunday was was as good as as good as we've ever seen from like a rookie tight end. Like I mean, not even Julius Thomas really had had a good as good a game as that. Uh, Clarence K, no. Uh, Shannon Sharp, no. So maybe there is something there. I'm going to to take back what I said about him for a week uh, <laughs> and say, nope. let's see some more. Like, let's see some growth. That was amazing. Let's keep it going. Like, that. do not extinguish that little spark, Noah Fant. Like, this, this could build into something really, really exciting. He showed as much passion in that game as he does waiting in line at Popeye's. Oh, like, he was pissed. No cash. <laughs> oh, he was so mad. I, I want to know what Popeyes let him down. Like, oh my gosh. So what is the tweet, Tim? Tell me why, all caps, I wait in this long-ass Popeyes drive through line just to get to the front to see they're only accepting cash, and I don't have any cash on me. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis mine. Right? Like, so we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> like, Absolutely been there. <laughs> I feel for him. It's like, you know, he earned it. He earned his Popeyes. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> like, just take up a collection in line. Be like, did you see my 75-yard touchdown? Like, did you yeah. see that? Can you just buy me a, a chicken Sammy? Come on. Like, help the guy out. Just give it to him. My experience with Popeyes is there used to be one. I don't know if it's still there. There was one on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. And I was like, I've never had Popeyes. Let's try this. And I go in, uh, I order, and it takes a really long time. And while I'm waiting, I look at the counter that I ordered at, and there are no fewer than like 12 uh, flying ants that are are like dying on the countertop. Like just like, like th- this is just in the open, like where every customer goes. Like who knows what was going on behind the, in the kitchen. I went to a Taco Bell once and – the teller i was handing over the cash and a spider crawled across her face and she freaked out and said i hate this place i'm quitting and she walked out <laughs> i was like okay uh do i really want this taco i don't think so did she take your money before she left or did you get your change yeah no or... I, it was it was as i was handing the money over the spider crawl i was like there's a spider on your face because i'm about <laughs> spiders you should have, she you should have flipped just, out and quit you should have just reached the across spot. the counter and just like so that i think those are both big surprises continue <laughs> <laughs> hey this is something something broncos we talked about all things we talked about something <laughs> and broncos should we talk about the biggest disappointment i mean the season itself is uh, a a leading candidate but um player wise what is the biggest disappointment joe flacco yeah, Joe Flacco. I, I toyed with the idea of saying Adam Gotsis, but Joe Flacco was just so bad. You expected more from a veteran quarterback. Yeah. But we kind of knew. We knew what we were getting. That's why when we signed him, we were all like, ah, geez. I really did not expect this freaking third down sack 
every single time. I could not believe how bad he was at that. I didn't expect some guy I never heard of come out to start a quarterback and play a better game than any game Joe Flacco had this season. <laughs> right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I think what's telling is who is not the biggest disappointment. Like Scandrello, like not not a candidate. Vic Fangio, not a candidate. Garrett Bowles, we yeah. already disappointed last year, so I mean, it, like it's not a surprise to uh, <laughs> to carry it forward. He's not a surprise, but I would I would put him in the pretty big disappointment category because I was, you know, we were all hoping that with Mike Munchak. And this being his third year, there would be significant improvement, and there really hasn't been. I think old Bolsey has, uh, let's see, just uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games left, and then that'll be it. I don't think he's back next year. And we're going to have a party when that happens. Yes. Right? He only had, what, one holding call uh, on on Sunday, and that was declined. Oh, it was two? two. Yeah. Did you you see the touchdown pass to Fant? He was totally dominated and was blocking nobody the still shot was so yeah sad yeah he's kind of like off in no man's land yeah yep. blocking that. a yeah. ghost yeah. yeah he's really good at blocking ghosts and he leads he leads the league in pressures sure. that's right yeah great <laughs> but pro football focus seems to love themselves in garrett bowls which goes to show like oh, what total crap league. pro football focus is <laughs> garbage DVOA is where it's at. Those guys nail it every time. Okay, like so for stats. the non-football nerds, what what is DVOA? A, com- a combination of all these advanced metrics for statistical analysis. And when you put them all together and you weigh things based on strength of schedule, that stuff, you get DVOA ratings for offense and defense. And they even do like position groups too. But they're spot on. And, and what does uh, DVOA stand for? What does that stand for? Defense adjusted value over average. So it basically takes like like the 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 median value of the league, and then your that their score is w- over and above that value. Yeah. So DVOA read ratings for offenses: the higher the number, the high, higher the positive number, the better your offense is. Oh, so and you can then, go negative. Absolutely on offense, and then on defense, if you have a negative rating, the higher the negative rating, the better your defense is. See, this is this is yes. need to so know for like, information. Like the 2015 Broncos, they had the 10th best DVOA rating through nine games in 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 DVOA history since 1986. So that tells you how good their defense is. Uh, in 2015, Week Nine was against the Colts. Uh, week Ten, uh, any guess who we played in Week Ten? Uh, which is why only it's Weeks in One. In 2015. Nine. Yeah. The New England Patriots. No. What? That was the that, that was, was the, the uh, C.J. Anderson game. No, what? Well, no, I, I and I, I'm doing Stations of the Cross because that was an amazing game. But no, uh, the Week Ten opponent was the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the game that Peyton Manning got benched in. Kansas week City Twelve Chiefs. was the Patriots game. Yeah, I was there. I was there, Dan. That was amazing. I was at the amazing. game that Peyton Manning got benched. Not so amazing. Oh, so you were there, so you were there Week Ten. What was yeah. it like? depressing that was the game i had box seats guest of tj ward's family amazing seats peyton manning gets benched and tj ward gets kicked out for punching a player (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah yeah but it's also the game that he broke the uh yardage record yeah who cares 
Yeah. Peyton Manning didn't even care about that. I'm in there with my sister and my two boys. And we're Trying to watch next- the game? Yes. <laughs> and we sit in the front row of the box, and we're next to TJ Ward's dad. So we, I talked to him a fair amount because he was watching the game. All the family and everybody's, they're just drinking and eating in the back. And we go through the game, and it just, you know, it's a terrible game. But then Brock Osweiler, you know, mounts a bit of a comeback. So it's a little exciting. Then TJ Ward gets kicked out, so the entire box just disappears because they're all family of TJ Ward. So they all go to find him, and my sister and my two boys are there with the guy who's the server. (laughs) (laughs) So how about that game? (laughs) You're like, you you want some mozzarella sticks? (laughs) I had box seats for a a Nuggets Clippers games at at Staples Center, and and it was it was it was a party, and and. My group and and we were paired with another group that were splitting the box. My company's attorney gave us the tickets, which yeah. was amazing. Um, and we drank everything in the box, like all of it. There was one bottle of wine, and the guy uh, that that I rode the train with down there, he put it in his coat, and we drank it off the train on the way back home. <laughs> <laughs> so, mystery question. Um, are the Broncos tanking in light of their win over the Cleveland Browns? Tim? I think only few poorly run organizations actually tank. So I don't think the Broncos are tanking. I think they want to try to win every game possible. They don't really care about draft position as much right now because there's still eight games, seven games to play. So no, I don't think they're tanking. I think a lot of fans want them to tank because – they want the draft value, and <laughs> draft value don't freaking matter, people. Should we be bummed that we win? I mean, it, no. like Absolutely there are those among not. us. Like, oh no, crazy. we're gonna hurt our draft position. We can't enjoy these wins. Like, yeah, and don't go Scotty on on the Broncos. Just root for the wins because wins are hard in the NFL, and you never know when your team is gonna get on a run. And if this team got on a run and finished eight and eight or nine and seven. Yeah, the draft value, the draft position got screwed, but so freaking what? We're going to head into next season with a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement because the team was kicking ass at the end of the season. And you see teams turn a corner. I don't care when the corner gets turned. I just want the corner to get turned. I don't want them to tank and then enter another season where we're thinking, oh, man, they were 4-12 and last year. They suck. This just ain't never going to get right. And the first time that team is faced with adversity – early in the next season, they're all going to think the same thing we're going to think, which is, oh boy, here we go again. I don't care when the corner gets turned. It just needs to get turned. And I don't give a shit about draft position. I agree with you, Tim, 100%. It's, It's not so much about the draft position anyway. It's all about your culture. And it's one thing for Chris Harris Jr. and Von Miller and Derek Wolf to remember that feeling because they've been there and they've been on a championship team. But these young guys, these guys that have been on the team for two years or three years, or this is their fourth year, they don't really know a winning season, not a, not a decent season. And it takes a toll and you want them to experience winning to, to know how to get into a tough game and be able to win and have the, the whole mentality that we are going to do this. We know that we can get in a tough spot and we can still win. Developing that 
that winning mentality takes time and effort and it's so easy to kill it with a couple of bad seasons in a row. So thinking that it's a good idea to look ahead to a very big unknown with the draft and even if you get the position you want and you get the number one quarterback, there's no guarantee that that number one quarterback is going to turn your team around, certainly not in one season. And so I think you do everything you can to win every single game and just build that culture. Yeah, and the, and the Chiefs and the Texans didn't have to tank to get their franchise quarterbacks. You know, go Elway, go freaking get a good quarterback by trading up a few spots and do what the Chiefs and Texans did. You don't have to tank to get a quarterback. This is just a an idiotic way of thinking, in my opinion. You're going to tell Von Miller to lose a game? Or are you going to coach to lose? Absolutely not. There is no way you're going to do that. If you make losing easy, losing will be easy. Like, beyond, like, if, yeah. if you make it acceptable, then you can't turn that around. Like, it's it's not, like, look at the Raiders. Like, it, it, for years, it was acceptable. And, and, and last year, they gave up. So, I mean, is that where we want to be? Or do we want to maintain the, the winning culture? I think you got to enjoy every win. Because they, they're so hard to come by. I mean, we have been spoiled as Broncos fans for my entire life, pretty much. Um, and to 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 discount, you know, the 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 value of winning, uh, like you were saying, um, Lori, you, you it's something to build on. It's something that you can you can look at, and it, there is value in being able to point at teams below you and say, "Well, we may be awful, but at least we're not that awful." Some teams, like the Dolphins, may be in full tank mode, um, but they're still a full team of players. There's still a coaching staff. There's still all the support staff and, and they're all pulling in one direction to win. And so if you want to have a winning culture, you're going to need to have some success because it doesn't just happen. Like you, you have to build on, on what you've done prior. And so um, it's nice to see that everybody's pulling in one direction and that we do have something that we can build on. I mean, yes, we are going to get crushed by the Minnesota Vikings next week, but <laughs> It was great to beat the Browns, okay? Like, last year when we lost to them for the first time since the 90s, like, that really sucked. <laughs> like, that was right. another Vance Joseph, like, sacred cow that he just slaughtered. You know, I will always celebrate a win. I, I, yeah, forget draft, whatever. I mean, the draft is the draft. It's its own beast. It, it is what it is, and, and you have to enjoy what you're doing now and worry about the draft later, Scotty. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Something Something Broncos. Uh, I am Jess Place with Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch, and you can listen to us every Thursday on the Mile High Report podcast. So be sure to subscribe, rate, and like. Read our stuff on milehighreport.com. We're all contributors there, and we like the Denver Broncos. So there you go. <laughs> and we like it when they win. Yeah, damn it. Go Broncos. <laughs> go Broncos. Woo. All right. on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the – both up – both fouls were on the kicking team. <laughs> I liked Home Alone too. I thought yeah, in my, New York, my kids loved Home Alone too. Kids don't notice as much how it's the exact same format as the first movie, just <laughs> like a different city. I mean, yeah. it's true. As a kid, I loved Nightmare on Elm Street. I went and tried to watch it as an adult, and it's like the worst movies ever made. <laughs> like, I don't understand how I ever found. 
anything. <laughs> That's how 20s. I felt about Soul Plane. Like I, I saw that when it came out, and I was like, "This is hilarious." And then I saw it again, like when I was older, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! That's not." <laughs> I'm, I'm that way with uh, the movie Half Baked. Like that was the best oh. movie ever when I was a teenager. Oh my god! Yay, and I tried to so watch good. it like 15 years later. I was like, "What the hell? Do I have to be stoned to make <laughs> I think this is fall funny?" Because it was pretty bad. That may also be the soul plane reasoning. As well. <laughs> <laughs> well, even yeah. any movie, like the acting is a lot better these days than it used to be. In addition to the special effects, Star Wars movie, terrible acting. You take that back. Yeah, I love Star Wars. Yeah, I, but I'm wrong? saying like it's a great movie, but it's when you. When you go back and watch it as an adult, you realize. <laughs> so this is Something Something Broncos. I am Jeff Place <laughs> with Tim Lynch. Lori Lattimore Volkman is on assignment uh, until she gets her act together on this Star Wars thing. <laughs> That's all right. We can edit this part out so you sound like you knew it right away. Yeah. You've been listening to Something Something Broncos, a feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lattimore Volkman, Jeff Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. At the grocery store, my boys will be like, he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you hear that shit? Do you hear the fucking no. sauce? <laughs> I just you don't hear that? No. It's, it's fucking loud. Like, I can hear it in my, in my headphones.